Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Even though many of the cars and motorbikes we ride around on these days are increasingly emitting zero emissions, the planes we fly in are still burning hydrocarbons at a ferocious pace. Technology is changing, but probably not fast enough for some people. Joining me now is Dick Forsberg, who is the Senior Aviation Finance Consultant to PwC. Good morning, Dick. Good morning, Joe. Do you have a number, I wonder, for how many millions of tonnes of carbon the aviation sector pumps into the atmosphere almost every day, every month, every year, whatever? Well, I don't have a number, and that number would be too scary to to put out in the public domain at this time of the morning, but it's a lot. Uh, Having said that, I I think it's... uh, clear that the aviation industry um, is deeply committed to delivering on its environmental obligations and meeting those obligations and mitigating the environmental impact of those carbon emissions um, is something that is becoming an increasingly critical challenge for the industry. It's not going to be resolved in the short term. This is, this is a long-haul objective, which will take us right the way up to 2050 and probably beyond. So it's it's a long haul process. I get that. And people love flying. They love traveling, especially after being locked down for two years. They love jumping on a plane and aircraft engines are getting more and more efficient. Um, but it's going to be, as you say, potentially two decades before we jump into a civil aviation craft where it which can take hundreds of passengers even on a short haul flight. And when's, when do you think we're going to jump on the, something that is powered by either hydrogen or, or even solar in the very near future? I think we're looking at the middle of the 2030s before we get to a developed technology. And I think it will be electric technology, battery power for small regional aircraft. So under 100 feet. The step up from that to the workhorses of commercial aviation, which is 150 to 200 seats, the A320s, the Boeing 737s that we all jump on every time we fly away to Europe on our on holidays or for business. That's going to take longer because you, know, you have to overcome the laws of physics. Batteries are heavy. Uh, and you need a lot of batteries to get off the ground and fly any distance. The automotive industry, you mentioned, is is making huge strides in battery technology, and that will probably accelerate the introduction of mid-sized commercial aircraft to earlier than we expect today. But that's the start. It's not the end. And even if these aircraft start delivering in the mid-2030s, by that time you're going to have... 40, 45,000 commercial jet aircraft in service around the world, all burning fossil fuels. The rate of delivery and the point at which you start to move the needle with this new technology, it's going to be 10 to 15 years later. So again, we're knocking up towards 2050. Yeah. Um, Which is the more important? uh, I have a rough idea what, what your answer will be. Getting the engines, whether they're Rolls-Royce or Lockheed or whatever, um, more efficient or getting lighter and lighter or better frames um, for the aircraft themselves? I think it's a combination, Joe, but the technology advance is going to come in the engines. Clearly, you need a power plant development that moves away from fossil fuels. 
before you get to that, you can start to mitigate the impact of burning fossil fuels by using lighter materials and aircraft. So weight savings are fuel savings. So that will always be important as we get to that bridge to the new technology. Uh, and that bridge will include sustainable aviation fuels, which I suspect will be your next question. And when can we yeah. expect to see when can we expect to see those new technology fuels replacing fossil fuels in aircraft fuel tanks in meaningful quantities? And the answer to that uh, and what, is what are sustainable fuels? Yeah, and well, what sustainable are sustainable fuels? Well, Hydrogen. The, the, no, no, no. We're talking about replacements for the kerosene that is currently burned. So in current generation jet engines, it, it's kerosene. So, I mean, that's pure fossil fuel. You know, uh, every ton of kerosene burned you know, emits two and a half tons of carbon dioxide, more or less. Sustainable fuels replace those fossil fuels. And they, the original idea was they were going to be biofuels. And that clearly was quickly proven to be unsustainable. So the development initiatives now are all about synthetic fuels, which are manufacturing alternatives to kerosene, um, which can be dropped into aircraft fuel tanks, more or less as they are today. And the industry has set itself a softish target of having a 10% replacement level globally by 2030. Uh, and that's probably about as good and as quick as it's going to get. Simply because okay, of the I availability, you... the volume of fuel that can be produced um, on a synthetic basis needs to be ramped up massively. Okay, while I have you, uh, Dick, there are quite a few Irish-owned leased aircraft sitting on runways in Russia. They're stranded and some of them have been expropriated by the Russians. Is there a chance that these aircraft will ever make it back to Ireland? Yeah, a colleague of mine has labelled that Grand Theft Aero. Um, yeah. And I think the, the the leasing industry is coming to terms with the probability that the majority of these aircraft will not be returned or at least will not be returned in a state that they can readily or economically be returned to service on lease with other airlines around the world. Because even if the aircraft comes back, there will be no traceability on parts, on work done to the aircraft or engines in Russia. Um, and without documentation and traceability, um, even if you have the aircraft, it's actually worth nothing without the records. And could the air, air lessers, could they not remotely disable them in some way? Unfortunately not, no. There's no, there's no magic killer button that you can press. Um, but in reality, it doesn't matter whether they're disabled or not. Um, I mean, the, the Russian airlines will increasingly find that they're not able to continue to operate them, even domestically, uh, because they will need to be maintained. They will need to have parts replaced. They will need to undergo maintenance um, to keep them airworthy under any registration, even the Russian Aviation Authority. And those parts are sanctioned. Um, there is no support from the manufacturers, either the airframers or the engine suppliers. So um, my expectation is within 12 months, a majority of these aircraft, even if they're being flown today in Russia, will not be able to be flown legally or safely. Okay. Thank you, Jake. Dick Forsberg there from PricewaterhouseCoopers or PwC. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.